we shall turn in our Bibles for the reading of the word. We shall read from Psalms 126. We shall also read from Daniel chapter 9 from verse 1. Psalms 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Mukama abo yazanate obusibebwa isayuni nitufana nangabo abalota. Akamwaka fe ne kalyoka kajula enseko nolulimirwa fe okuyimba. Nebalyoka bogera mu mawanga anti mukama abakoledde ebikulu. Mukama atukoledde ebikulu chetuvude tusanyuka. Ozena te obusibe wafe ai mukama ngemiga mubuchika obadyo abasiganga bakaba amaziga bali kungulanga basanyuka ne wankubadde nga yagenda nga akaba nga atwala ensigo alidana te ne sanyu nga aleta ebinywabye Daniel chapter 9 from verse 1 Daniel muenda sura yo muenda onyorusoka in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God, to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Daniel Mwenda, Orunjiri Orusoka, Mumaka, Ogoro Bereberie, Ogwa Dario, Omana Wakasuero, Oreza de Yaba Medi, Yaria Owaka Waka, Owaka Kaludaya, Mwaka Ogoro Bereberie, Mumirembe. Mumirembe jenze Daniel ebitabo nebintegeza omuwendo gw'emyaka Yeremia nabbi yajirwako ekigambo kya mukama okutuukiriza Yerusalemu okuzika okuzika gy'emyaka ensanvu nenteeka amaso gange eri mukama katonda okunonyanga okunonyanga nsaba eranga nega yirira 
Nansiba enjala iranga nyambala evikutu nevu. Ninsaba mukama katonda wange. Ninja tula ninjogira ai mukama katonda omukuru. Era owentisa atukiriza endagano. Nukusasira eri abo abamuagala nebakwata amateka age. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. I want us to share this evening on what I have called the captivity of Zion. Amen. Amina. The captivity of Zion. Here the psalmist is telling us in Psalms 126 which we read that when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion it was just like a dream. They could not believe it. When they were set free from that captivity they could not imagine it. Israel had been in different captivities. And whenever they would transgress the Lord, the Lord would disperse them in different nations. And whenever they would plead and cry to the Lord, the Lord would turn their captivity. He would set them free. So I believe when this psalmist wrote these psalms, that's what he meant. When the Lord set our captivity, it was just like a dream. We could not believe it. Look at Israel when they were in Babylon. Because of their transgression, God sent Nebuchadnezzar and they were sent to exile in Babylon. And they stayed there for 70 years in captivity. And they suffered there. Can you imagine people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I believe they went there when they were still very young. They could have been teenagers. Maybe Daniel was about 20 years. And these others were maybe teenagers like 19, 18. But they had to stay in captivity for 70 years. I believe when they were set free, a man like Daniel was about 90 years old. And the rest were in the 80s. So they had spent many, many years under bondage. In captivity. And when they were set free, it was just like a dream. They could not imagine it. And the Bible says, 
When they were in that captivity in, uh, in Babylon, the Babylonians used to tease them. They would tell them, sing us a song of Zion. Sing to us that song of Zion. And then they would say, how can we sing that song in a strange land? We used to sing those songs when we were free. But now we are in captivity. How can we sing those songs when we are in Babylon? When you read Psalms 137, it talks of that. It says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there they carried us away captive and required of us a song. And they that wanted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They required of us a song. They were mocking us. They said, sing to us those songs of Zion. But how can we sing those songs? In a strange land. We are captives. How can you sing a song? How can you be triumphant? Even if you are a believer. Even if you are a message believer. When you have that demon of lust. That is captivating you. You are not free. You are bound. You are in a strange land. Israel was in the same position. They were captives. They were bound. But the Bible says, when the Lord set them free, it was just like a dream. And the Bible says, they are Mouths were filled with laughter. And their lips were filled with joy. To them it was just like a dream. And the heathen said, The Lord has been gracious unto them. The Lord has delivered them. Brethren, when the Lord sets you free, you may not even imagine it. It's such a wonderful moment. They are filled with joy and gladness. And to, to them it was just like a dream. Look at Israel. God had told Abraham, He told him, You are seed. will sojourn in a strange land. And they will be captivated there for 400 years. But I will deliver them with a mighty hand. After serving them for 400 years. And that's what happened exactly. 
Israel was in captivity for 400 years. And why were they in captivity? It is because they sold their brother Joseph. But I can imagine after God had heard their prayers and he sent them a deliverer Moses. I have had the cry of my children Israel and I have come down to deliver them. And God struck Egypt with plague upon plague. Locusts, hailstones, darkness, until the last plague of the first bones. And then they were set free. And God made it in such a way that when they were almost leaving Egypt, He allowed the children of Israel to plunder the Egyptians. The Bible says the they, were, they, they borrowed their ornaments of gold and silver and all this and that. God made it in such a way that they left with a lot of wealth. And I believe when they were at the Red Sea after they had left Egypt with all their property they were filled with joy. They were full of singing. To them it was just like a dream. God had delivered them. He had set them free. Sometimes I get a flashback of my old life. A flashback of where God picked me from. And to me, sometimes it looks like a dream. And my heart gets filled with joy. And sometimes I imagine if God had not picked me from that lifestyle maybe I would be already in, uh, in the region of the lost waiting for my judgment. So brethren, when you remember where the Lord picked you from, where that God, when God broke that captivity, and set you free. It may appear like a dream. But that's what God does. God delivers. God sets free. That is the God whom we serve. He's such a mighty, wonderful God. So they could not imagine. That freedom they were enjoying. Amen. Amina. Verse 4 is where my inspiration is. Turn again our captivity, O Lord. As the streams in the south. They that saw in tears shall reap in joy. He who goes forth weeping carry precious 
seeds will doubtlessly come back rejoicing carrying his sheaves. This was a prayer. Turn again our captivity, O Lord. Brethren, captivity does not just come automatically. Behind captivity, there is prayer. There is fasting. There is abandonment. Captivity, freedom, does not just come automatically. The Bible says, where we read in Daniel, that Daniel realized when he was reading the scrolls that they had been in captivity for 70 years and now time to go back home had come because he understood that according to Jeremiah the prophecy of Jeremiah Israel was to be in Babylon after transgressing God. They were to be in Babylon for 70 years. But after 70 years, the Lord was supposed to set them free. So when he understood that, the Bible does not say that Daniel just waited upon God to take them back. No. Daniel, the Bible says, Daniel, he had to fast. He had to put on sackcloth. He cried unto the Lord. He repented for his sins and for the sins of the whole of Israel. Daniel had to sow seeds. Daniel, Precious seeds of repentance for the whole of Israel. Seeds of repentance for himself. He cried unto the Lord. Lord, we have transgressed against you. That's why we are here. But Lord, you promised us that when we repent of our sins and turn back to you, you'll set us free. He cried unto the Lord. He repented. He pleaded with God. And yet God knew. Even he had prophesied through Jeremiah. That after 70 years they would be released. But he had to plead with God. And then after that. They were set free. Israel. Through the pleading of Daniel. Through the sowing of the precious seeds of Daniel. Had to come forth rejoicing. Carrying those precious seeds. It took Daniel's crying to God. It did not come automatically. God had told Abraham, your seed will sojourn in 
in Egypt for 400 years. And I will deliver them with a mighty hand. But do you know that did not come just automatically. Someone had to stand in the gap. Amen. Amina. So it does not come automatically. Someone has to sow seeds. Precious seeds. Before it happens. Hear what the prophet says. He says here, there may be men and women sitting here tonight that, that death lays right before you. And the only way that you will ever be able to achieve the thing that you are wanting is to desperately come. I must have it tonight. I get it now. Oh, I'm finished. Tomorrow is too late. I must have it now. That's what the prophet is telling us. You could be here having a pressing need to the magnitude of death. But unless you go to God disparately and cry before him because to begin with God knows that you have that need. And is more than able to deliver you from that need. God knew that Israel was in Babylon. And he knew the time of deliverance had come. But he needed somebody. Daniel. So God could be knowing your need. But he's waiting upon you. To come before him desperately. And cry unto him. God knows you are in captivity. God knows you are in captivity. You are the spiritual Zion. God knows that you are in captivity. But he's waiting for you to cry unto him. In that message the prophet preached of God's provided way for everything. In that message he says God has he has a provided way for everything. And he says a, 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 a child or a baby has to cry for every need. When a child is hungry or a baby is hungry it has to cry and cry and cry and cry until the mother comes to its attention. 
It will cry when it is in wet beddings. It will cry when it is hungry. It will cry and cry and cry. And then the mother, however busy the mother is, she will leave all her business and the attention of this child. That is God's provided way. In order for this child or this baby to come out of this condition that is it has to cry. And he says a chick when it reaches that time of coming out of the egg it has to peck and peck and peck until it breaks the shell and comes out. It has to peck and come out of the captivity So you also, you have to cry to God. You have to fast. God knows the condition that you are in. But he has a provided way. And that is God's provided way. To come out of that captivity that you are in. You have to cry. You have to be disparate. Daniel had to be disparate. To come out of that condition. Amen. He says when you pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The token. Don't say well. Now I will go up and try Lord. I'm a little tired. Oh, mercy, stay in your seat. Don't, don't even make an attempt. If you come and say, I'll pass through the prayer line, put on oil on my head, I'll see if it does me any good. Might as well set where you are at. Until you get to that place. Until the whole church gets to a place. That is between death and life. You've got to have it now or you perish. Then God will move on the scene. It takes desperation. To bring God on the scene. Amen. Amina. It takes desperation. To bring God on the scene. Look at that man the prophet talked about. This brother who had the spirit of anger. He was a believer. But he was captivated by that spirit of anger. And the prophet says one day he had his uh, donkey which was plowing and it was trodding on the corn and he got disturbed that spirit of anger rose and he beat it he beat it style and it, it kicked him and he fell backwards and then he felt so sad and because of that anger. Lord, I'm a believer. 
and he repented to, uh, to the donkey. Alec, I will never do it again. But he turned and looked at him and he said, unless you get another religion, you will bite me again. And the prophet says, when the man saw that, he knelt in his field, lifted up his hands and cried unto the Lord and said, Lord, if you don't fill me with the Holy Ghost, if you don't transform my life, you'll come back to take your church and find my heap of bones here. And he says, bear after praying that prayer, that prayer, God came down and filled him with the Holy Spirit. Brother, sister, you are the spiritual Zion. You are in captivity. Just like Israel was in captivity in Babylon. But he took Daniel to cry and plead. The prophet says, though God had promised Israel that they would sojourn in, uh, in Egypt for 400 years and finally the Lord would deliver them with a mighty hand. It did not come automatically. We just read in the Bible that Moses saw the burning bush and when he came close God spoke to him Moses, Moses I have had the cry of my people and I have come down to deliver them remove your shoes for the place you are standing on is holy I have had the cry of my people but the prophet says that cry it took someone to stand in the gap. A man called Amram. Amram. He saw the captivity of Egypt. How they were suffering. And the prophet says, that man used to intercede for Israel. Every night, he would spend sleepless nights. Throughout the day, he would be laboring under taskmasters, building pyramids, suffering. But at night, he would go back home. And he would eat his meal very fast. And he would go up and cry to God. He would say, Lord, remember. Remember the promise that you gave Abraham We are here. We are in bondage. We are suffering. We are dying. Remember, Lord. And the prophet dramatizes it. He says he would come up the second day. And he would eat hurriedly. And his wife, Josephine, would tell her, tell him, 
Tumgambe. But you have spent the whole day suffering. Can't you rest? Leave me alone. You don't know what happened. Today. My fellow brethren. We are struggling pushing those heavy, heavy blocks. And then a crane came backwards. And smashed ten of them. And they died on the spot. We are suffering. Go up and cry to the Lord. The whole night. Lord, remember. Remember your promise. Your children are dying. We are suffering. And the prophet says one day. God appeared. He sent an angel. To the home of Amram. And he saw a special light. And an angel came and spoke to him. Amram, I have heard your supplications. I'm sending a deliverer from your very home. You'll get a child called Moses. You'll be the deliverer of Israel. Amram had to stand in the gap. For the captivity of Israel. For the bondage that Israel was in. And God had to hear the cry. Of Amram. I have heard the cry of my people. It took one man Amram. To stand in the gap. Amram had to sow seeds. Precious seeds. For Israel to come. Carry those seeds. So, brother, it takes somebody. Do you know that even your salvation, somebody could have cried and interceded for you? Though you are an elect of God, someone could have interceded. That's why, brethren, that's why we should always intercede and pray for those lost souls. God requires that one from you because that is God's working. Somebody could have interceded for you. For the Lord Jesus Christ said, the harvest is plenty, but the reapers are very few. Cry to the Lord of the harvest reapers. In other words, the reapers are the ministers. God knows there are so many elects to come forth to him. The reapers are not only ministers. The reapers are not only evangelists. But the reapers are also intercessors. People who cry and seek God. People 
people who stand in the gap. People who cry and go carrying those precious seeds. On behalf of the captivity of those lost souls. And plead on their behalf. Brother Abraham talks of uh, a vision whereby God was going to crown a certain evangelist in heaven. And then as that evangelist was waiting, I think one of the angels brought a, a crown. And then it was a small crown. And it was put on his head. And then there was an old, old woman just on the side of this evangelist. And this old lady was crowned with a very huge crown. And then this evangelist was kind of grumbling within himself. But I am the one who preached to those souls to come to the Lord. How come I'm getting a small crowd and this old woman is getting a very small crowd? And it was revealed to him that all the converts that you got were as a result of this old woman. That old woman would remain in the closet. She would cry and plead and ask God to send souls to his kingdom. So when this evangelist would go to preach, it was very easy for the Lord because the Lord had already delivered them through the prayers of this old woman. So, brother, sister, it takes somebody to stand in the gap. It is not automatic. God knows you are captivated. You are a captive somewhere. You are bound with a certain habit. You have a need somewhere. But he's waiting for you to go down on your knees so that you are delivered from that captivity. Look at Nehemiah. The Bible says in the days of Nehemiah, he was a captive. And his brethren came from Judah. Just a remnant of those ones who had remained there in Judah. The rest had been scattered because of the transgression of Israel. And then when he was in captivity, his brethren came and he asked, how is Judah? And they told him Judah is in affliction. With the remnants that remained, we are afflicted. We are in shame. 
and all the walls of Jerusalem. They are in ruins. All the gates were burnt. And the Bible says, Nehemiah was so sad. Nehemiah cried to the Lord. No, Nehemiah repented for the sins of Israel. Nehemiah pleaded with God. He reminded God of that promise that when they repent of their sins, the Lord will deliver them. And then after crying to God for quite a long time, the Bible says that when he went before the king, the king looked at him he said, Nehemiah, your countenance is so sad. And you don't seem to be sick. So there is something wrong with you. And Nehemiah told him, How can I have a joyous countenance? When my father's place, Jerusalem, is in ruins. And the king told him, what, what do you want me to do for you? He said, king, if you can allow me to go back and rebuild Jerusalem. And the Bible says, the king allowed him he gave him whatever it took. He gave him letters to the governors in that land where to get timber from. I believe he gave him cash, maybe gold to go with. And he had to go and rebuild Jerusalem. He had to sow in tears. For Israel to reap in joy. Brother, sister, what condition are you going through? Do you know that God knows that condition? Do you know that God knows that captivity that you are in? But he's waiting upon you to do something about it. Amina. God knows you don't have the Holy Ghost. God knows that such a condition that you are in. God knows that cold condition that you are in. God knows the sickness you are going through. But he's waiting for you to go down on your knees and cry unto him and seek him. He's waiting for you to go before him like Nehemiah did. To go before that king of kings and lord of lords with a sad countenance and tell him, Lord, I don't have the Holy Ghost. Lord, I'm a captive. That king was just a mere king. But through the crying of Nehemiah, his heart was touched. What about the king of kings and lord of lords? Won't he be more touched? 
The Bible says he is a high priest who is touched by the feeling of our infirmity. And the Bible says as we have such a high priest who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Let us approach his throne of grace and mercy that we may obtain mercy in the times of need. Are you needed this evening? Are you captivated? Are you in a bad condition? God is waiting for you to cry and plead to him. He's that great high priest. He's already touched by the feeling of your infirmity. But he's waiting for you. What condition are you in? Jesus when he was on the cross, he saw women crying for him as he was suffering on the cross. But do you know that he was suffering for, for your sins and your sins? He was suffering that vicarious suffering so that you are set free. So that you are righteous. And when he saw those women weeping, he said, women don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves. And for your children. Brethren, it is already a finished work. Jesus paid it all. But he's waiting for you to cry for yourself. To cry for your children. He's waiting for you to stand in the gap for those children of yours who are not saved. God knows they are not saved. But he's waiting for you to go on your knees carrying those precious sins or pleading with him. And one day after sowing those seeds it will come to you as a dream. When you are delivered, when you are set free, when you are out of captivity, you turn and look back and it will just be like a dream. Sowing is not easy. But when we come back, bearing those precious seeds, Oh, how joyous it is. It is such a wonderful moment. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. Hear what the prophet says, just one quote as I finish. He says, now I believe that we are living in the days that we are or otherwise, the days that we are living in should cause the church to go completely into disparation. I, be, I believe since the message this morning from God, not me, 
I believe it ought to throw this entire congregation into disparation. That we have played long enough. We've went to church long enough. We've got to do something. Brother, sister, you've got to do something. You've heard the message long enough. You've heard about the baptism of the Holy Ghost You've heard long enough that it is a prerequisite for you to go to the rapture. Without the Holy Ghost, you cannot go to the rapture. We have heard these things long enough. But God is waiting for you to do something about it. You have been in that stature condition, that cold condition, long enough. You have been with that habit long enough. But the onus is on you. To get, out, to get yourself out of that burden. The burden is on you to pull out. Just like that chick pecks and 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 pecks to intercede like Nehemiah intercede. Intercede for your children. Intercede for your relatives. Intercede for yourself. Come out of that condition. God is waiting for you. They that saw in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping, crying, interceding. The Bible has said, will doubtlessly, without any doubt, he will come back bearing sheaves. Sheaves of joy. When you receive the Holy Ghost, it will be like a dream. But you will have received him. When you get out of that captivity, it will be like a dream. Oh, the captivity of Zion. You are the spiritual Zion. God is waiting for you to come out of that captivity. May the Lord help us. He's waiting for us to break loose and set ourselves free out of that captivity. It is already a finished work. Jesus paid it all. Jesus had that program of delivering Israel from Babylon after 70 years. He had that plan of delivering Egypt, rather Israel from Egypt after 400 years. But it took somebody to plead and cry. Which condition are you in? Which captivity are you going through? God is here. He's waiting for you. 
and is more than able to set you free. May the Lord help us. Let us stand up. God is waiting for you to get free of that condition that you are in. It is already finished work. But you have to plead and cry. Hey, few more years shall roll. A few more seasons come. And we shall be with those that rest. Asleep within the tomb. Then, oh, my Lord, prepare my soul for that great day. Oh, wash me in thy precious blood and take. Sons shall say, Oh, these dark hills of pan, and we shall be where sons are not a
loving Heavenly Father. Lord, we know that there are a few storms still to hit us. There are still a few struggles, King of Glory, here and there. In this world that is so unpredictable, this world that is so hurtful, this world that offers nothing good, but we are privileged people to serve that mighty God who forsook all his glories in heaven and came down to identify himself with us. Lord, we shall live to magnify your name and exalt you, King of glory, for setting our captivity free, for delivering us, Heavenly Father. We know it is already a finished work, but there is something small that we us to do, to cry and plead for our captivity. You know what we are going through. You know our heartaches. You know our trials. You know the bondage that we are in. You know those habits that captivate us, Lord. The whites and the east and the seeds that easily beset us. Lord, give us strength, Heavenly Father, to cry and plead unto you until we come out of this captivity, until we are set free, Lord. Give us the hunger, give us the thirst, for you promised in your word, blessed are those ones who thirst and hunger after righteousness, for they shall be filled. King of glory, Help us not to cease to pray without ceasing until you have delivered us. We know you are a God of your promises. And whatever you promise is true, Lord Jesus. That promise of the Holy Ghost is there waiting for us, Lord. But you spoke through your servant, Brother Branham, that we should remain on our knees until we are filled. Help us, Lord, to persistently cry until you have delivered us from this captivity. 
Father, I commit the tithes and the offerings that have been brought in your house. Bless them, Lord. Bless the givers, Heavenly Father. Meet each and every need of your child, King of Glory. Father, we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God bless you so much. We have come to the end of our service.